Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of WinningPonies.com. That's right. It's all things Breeders' Cup, and tonight we are broadcasting from the Twin Spires here at Churchill Downs. I've got three exceptional guests. Of course, everybody knows Jenny Reese, two-time Eclipse Award winner writer for the Louisville Courier. She's going to be with us. Then we're going to break it up with kind of a West Coast perspective from ace handicapper Brad Free. And then we're going to bring it back to Louisville. The Louisville native Marty McGee, columnist for the Daily Racing Forum, is going to round it out with his selection. So we've got a great group of guests here. Everything is Breeders' Cup on winningponies.com. Don't forget, make sure that you send in to get all the tools you'll need to get those Breeders' Cup races. And don't forget, it's two days. Uh, it's going to start on Friday, the first uh, Breeders' Cup race, uh, half a million dollar Breeders' Cup Juvenile Sprint, will start at 4:10. So make sure that you are at a racetrack or an OTB parlor near you on Friday if you want to take in all of the Breeders' Cup races. Again, the Friday program starting at 4:10, ending up with the two million dollar Breeders' Cup Ladies Classic. That's going to start, we hope, about 7:30. And then uh, on Saturday, things are going to start a little bit early. You may want to get to a track or an OTB be a little bit early. Uh, the marathon kicks things off with the Breeders' Cup races. That's going to be a 120 post. Uh, they moved, of course, the uh, $2 million TBG Breeders' Cup miles, so everybody gets to see Goldakova win across the pond. And uh, I may be a little bit quick in saying that she's going to win, but I sure hope she does for her unprecedented fourth win in the Breeders' Cup mile. And then, of course, it'll be rounded out for a horse that's going to have a lot of Horse of the Year implications, the $5 million Breeders' Cup Classic about 7 o'clock. All right, let's get right to the races that we looked at last week, uh, the Grade 2 Fayette at, at Keeneland. It was uh, Wise Dan keeping it in the family and giving Julian Le Peru just another leg up on the title there at Keeneland. Uh, he enjoyed five winners on the day at Keeneland. Of course, they were closing out their 75th anniversary. Uh, Wise Dan, uh, the horse that uh, likes Keeneland, dropped back in class after fourth-place finisher to none other than Gio Ponte in the Shadwell Turf Mile. Uh, seemed to like the poly track. Le Peru, uh, who, who won last year's edition of Fayette, on Wise Dan's half-brother, Successful Dan. Of course, uh, Le Peru uh, won 33 races during the 17-day fall meet, took the jockey title. That was the most for a jockey since uh, Pat Day, 
Keeneland's all-time rider. Uh, he rode 45 winners in 1991. And uh, the guy that started his career out at Little Old River Downs, Kenny McPeak, once again topped all the trainers. Uh, they just had an amazing uh, meet for their 75th anniversary. Uh, during its 17 meet, uh, atten- attendance was up, which was uh, an average daily attendance of 14,000 and handle up 9.3%. We like hearing that in horse racing. Uh, Heenland closes their doors and Churchill opens theirs. It was a really interesting day last week with all the babies going to post. Uh, and the boys' uh, big race, the Iroquois, it was like father, like son, Motor City. His daddy was a horse by the name of Street Sense, who scored with a come-from-behind victory at Churchill Downs in the 2007 Derby. Uh, it was very fitting that uh, Burrell was aboard Motor City for his last to first win in the Iroquois Stakes that provided uh, freshman sire Street Sense, his first career stakes winner. Uh, so it's certainly going to be running in the saddle. We've got another uh, uh, Street Sense that likes Churchill Downs. In the girls' edition, the Pocahontas, it was On Fire Baby. Uh, she came out of the Darley Alcibiades, ran fifth that day, and uh, this time she came at the 316th pole with Joe Johnson, angled her off the rail to the outside of OBK and had good energy and held off, and why not? So those are the two big uh, two-year-old races. Um, we got snowed out in the Bold Ruler handicap, and then uh, it was out to California where Rafael Bayerano just tore him up. He won the California Cup Classic aboard Norvsky and uh, then went on from there to take the, uh, the, the Cup Distaff aboard Unzip Me. Bayerano, a five-win day with Unzip Me, rounding it out. So once again, we're going to be coming up here just a little bit. We're going to kick it off with one of my favorite writers and people in the world, Jenny Reese from the Louisville Courier-Journal. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Do you feel the need for speed? Whatever your addiction, NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, Formula One, or even lawnmower racing, Pit Pass USA has got you covered. Larry Henry here, host of Pit Pass USA. I put my 30-plus years of being a motorsports broadcaster to work to bring you not only the best guests, but also the most interesting guests in racing. Pit Pass USA with Larry Henry, your front row seat to the world of racing. Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Be there or get a DNF. What's the national pastime in the U.S. in the 21st century? Are you sure? Think again. Three out of four Americans have made NFL football the true American pastime. It's now one of the fastest growing sports in the world. But how do we as fans understand everything that goes on behind the scenes? Tune in to Enter the League with Eugene T. Lee Esquire as your host. Eugene was the featured NFL agent in the ESPN acclaimed documentary, The Dotted Line. And now he takes his expertise to the Voice America Sports Channel. Listen every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, back here with winningponies.com. We are here in the press box at Church now. I'm surprised that she has any fingers left the way she's been typing since I walked in here today. And that's the one, the only two-time Eclipse Award winner, uh, Jenny Reese, who uh, talk about having your ear to the ground. Uh, Jenny not only lives in Louisville, uh, her husband, Pat Dupe, is a trainer on the Churchill Downs backstretch. So she always knows what's going on at Churchill Downs. But outside of that, uh, she's also an excellent writer on the things that she observes here at the track. So, Jenny, I'm going to lean a little bit with you. You know, every year people are coming in from, from Europe, from New York, from California, Louisiana. Uh, there's always going to be some great storylines. Would you kind of give us a heads up on some of the storylines that people should be looking for at Churchill Downs this week? Yeah, well, it's, it's a great year for um First, first story. I'm trying to get this bike. No, it, it, this is a real, some really, um, you know, fun stories this year. One I did uh, about ten days ago was the uh, the Parbu family from Trinidad that have they put up a hundred thousand dollars each. Shift uh, Parbu, the owner, and his dad, uh, Bisnath Parbu, trains the horses. And by the way, they spell their names differently, and that's because when Bisnath, the dad, came over in 1982 to the U.S. He accidentally left an H in his name off of um, the, the, the paperwork. So he's the only Parbu that is P-A-R-B-O-O, and the other, uh, but the rest of the clan is P-A-R-B-H-O-O. But anyways, they've got uh, Giant Ryan, who brings a six-race win streak into the Breeders' Cup sprint, including a win in the Grade 1 Vosburg, and also Trini Berg, who is the hopeful runner-up at Saratoga, who's in the juvenile sprint. It cost them $100,000 each to make them eligible because they had not been nominated to the Breeders' Cup to run. But the fun thing about it was, um, just because it's so fun writing about new people that you've never interviewed before, they uh, had been coming as a family for like 15 years, this whole you know, 20 to 30 of them, uh, to the Kentucky Derby, and uh, always were in the infield because they could never get seats in, in the grandstand for the Derby. And so for the first time, they'll actually watch a race. Uh, from the front side, and um, Shiv Parbu bought a suite for two days, and who knows, they're estimating it's going to cost them 300000 the whole day. But, uh, you know, it's like a true American dream. You, too, can get good seats at Churchill Downs if you have the right amount of money and perhaps the right horse. Well, speaking also of the American dream, who would have thought so many years ago that uh, one of the darlings of the media would be running for a, a $5 million uh, a purse? Chantel Sutherland's here on a live horse in the Classic. She is very much, and, and we certainly appreciate this because the Breeders' Cup took out a full-page ad on the back of the Courier-Journal Sports section <laughs> promoting her. Uh, you know, they definitely, and also Goldakova going for the four-peat. Uh, that was another ad, yes, in this day and age we appreciate all that advertising. But, yeah, she's, she's not just a pretty face, although the fact she is a pretty face is why she's getting all this publicity, but she can flat-out write her. Bob Baffert certainly would not have her on Game On Dude on whom she won, I guess, her first grade one race, winning by a nose and outlasting a, a, an objection um, and an inquiry in the San Anita Handicap. So she's definitely one of the, the buzz stories here. And then you've also got local horse, Scooter, uh, flat out, trained by Scooter Dickey, 70 years old, only five horses, 
was out of business a couple times, and um, he's got, you know, flat out is very live in the classic, and, and that's a great story. Uh, Greta Kunzweiler, who works the horse for him, she said come that coming off the track, she goes, I think this horse must have a lot of trainers because everybody's always hollering at me, how'd that horse do? How does he feel? He said everybody's rooting for, for Scooter Dickey, and, and that's a great story. And I, it just, it, to me, it's a good field breeders' cup. And you've got the big question, Uncle Mo, can he handle a mile in the quarter? Is he going to be the horse that he was last year in the Classic? And I think that's the big thing. Todd Fletcher's definitely thinking that he's the most talented horse in there, and therefore, you know, he deserves a shot. But I think going a mile in the quarter is going to be tough. I think that's a, uh, I think a lot of people are wanting him in the race. The people that want to bet him want him in the race because they think he's the best horse, the most talented horse. Among those people, let's start with his owner, Mike Rapoli. Um, but then there's other people that want him in the race because they think he's a play against, and they want him in there to drive up the odds on the other horses in the field. Well, uh, and another story coming out of the same race, uh, of course, is Harve de Grasse. I mean, uh, I think a win in there obviously would have to seal Horse of the Year honors, but uh, I think it would it'd just be a, a fitting tribute to the trainer, Larry Jones. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, coming back, it's, It would be even more poignant because it's coming back to Churchill Downs, a mile and a quarter race. You know, three years ago, he and owner Rick Porter had eight bells. He showed she absolutely belonged in the in the Derby by finishing second, and then had that incredibly freak accident where she suffered the the fatal um, ankle fractures while you know she was all but pulled up. Um, and uh, but this horse is you know Harvard de Harvard de Grace. Have her de grace. I'm having a Rick hard Porter time said. with the name, too. But I asked Rick Porter this, and I recorded it so I could go over it. It's have her de grace, like as he says, have her win de grace. And uh, he says that's how everybody pronounces it in have her de grace, Maryland. So he says it's the butchered French. So we'll go with that. He pays the bills on the horse. He gets to say how it's pronounced. Um, but she's a good one. She beat the boys in winning the, the Woodward at Saratoga, including Flat Out, who, and i got to say, not too many horses have been training better than Flat Out here. He had a work the other day where he worked, you know, uh, 46 and change, and galloped out 5.8 and 58 and change, and then uh, the double gallop out in, like, was it uh, maybe 112 and change or something? I said to Scooter, you know, isn't this, I mean, this is outrageous stuff, and, and, and did it easy. That was the next question I was going to ask you. Because you are here on the ground and, and watching the horses go, and obviously as, as a horse owner yourself for many years, um, who – Flesh-wise, attitude-wise, really looks like they're on the muscle coming into Friday and Saturday. Flat out does. And, but my strongest feeling about a race is in the Ladies' Classic Friday, um, and that would be Royal Delta for Bill Mott. Um, you know, Bill Mott last year kind of touted um, unrivaled Belle, who was my pick. Just not so much looking at her, but looking at him. And he's, it's the same sort of body language, very relaxed. And I've joked with, with Bill about this, that I'm waiting to get that, you know, vibe from you. And after her last work, she worked very well. He said, you know, this is what you get up in the morning after she worked, you know, for to see a horse like that. You know, if you don't like that, then you don't need to be in horse racing. Um, that's an interesting race with the, you know, it's, it's, it's wide open. But I, that's one I think I'll take a stand in. I also think that Chamberlain Bridge, and he's going to be a price in the turf sprint, has a good chance to repeat. And, again, it's because of some of his connections that are low-key. The assistant trainer, Peaches, who's very low-key, doesn't, you know, puff up his horses. But we have a running joke because last year he was telling me how good the horse was doing. He says he's doing really, really good. Like, I mean, really good, really good, but I don't want to say too much and jinx myself. So we were teasing him. I said, tell me when you're up to two reallys with the horse. And he, <laughs> he, he, said, he said today, he says, I got another word for him. 
repeat. So there you go. That's good enough for me. Um, I also think another local horse, Havelock, who won the sprint stakes at Keeneland, uh, Darren Miller has a big shot in that race. Um, and um, in the, I think Union Rags are one to beat in the juvenile. I'm going to give you two long shots that I bet I think are going to be really good on dirt, and that's Take Charge, Indy, and Perspective. Well, I remember Take Charge Indy's mother was uh, quite the horse during her racing days. Indeed, she wasn't, and, and she was a dirt horse, as was AP Indy. And uh, I think this horse, he had a great work, and he looks the part. And uh, I think you're gonna, he's going to make noise uh, not only Saturday, but I think next spring. Well, you know, obviously, uh, the day is going to end up uh, with, with, with the classic. Uh, if I gave you, uh, you know, $100 right now, how, how would you be betting it, including some exotics? Well, uh, without doing the math to come up with how I'd break it down, but I definitely I've I'm, I'm got to use, uh, you know, flat out on top. Um, you know, I, I, I got a couple more days. I might possibly even key him, but I think that's very dangerous. Uh, I think Stay Thirsty's looked very good. Um, to Honor and Serve uh, has, has looked, I think I got to definitely use To Honor and Serve in like second and third. Uh, you know, Rattlesnake Bridge, I think, is going to be a huge price to use of gimmicks. I don't know if he can win. Um, you know, Icebox is going to be 40, 50 to 1. I don't know if I can put him 1, 2, but I might have to put him 3 or 4 in the, uh, the entries. i got to use Hobbit Grace in the, uh, you know, up there near the top. And I think we went through your $100, and we don't even have a $2 <laughs> exacta box at this point, right? <laughs> no, we don't. But it's just, uh, you know, there's, there's so many storylines. And I guess... The other storyline, of course, is going to be the race before the Classic. Uh, so many people are saying because of the competition, because of her race record, the fact that she's only won two of her five races, that uh, some of the shine has come off of uh, Goldakova. But if you think about the few horses in the world that have ever beaten her, I mean, every one of them is a grade one winner, and I don't see any other any of these horses in this field. No, I agree, and she loves the left-hand turn. She loves the firmer turf. I know she did get firm turf last time when she got beat. But those were nice horses that beat her dream ahead in Immortal Verse, and I believe they both have been retired. I mean, they thought a lot of them. Um, so she's definitely the one to beat. And if nothing else, i got to buy a $2 souvenir ticket on her. I do have, think there's a couple local horses. That, that's kind of been a betting angle when the Breeders' Cup's been at Churchill, other than when Goldacova's been here, is that horses that win... Uh, stakes at Churchill on the turf. They like the turf. You better, you know, some of them have popped at a big price. The thing of Marty Wolfson's a, a, a few years ago, I guess in 2006, and then also opening verse. Of course, Goldacova fits in there as a stakes winner over there, but I'm looking at um, Get Stormy, who won the Woodford Reserve Turf Classic, and actually should appreciate going back to a mile, and also Tour Allure. Uh, Tour Allure. I know that uh, my Irish mother would like that horse. She used to sing Tour Allure, Allure, to us when, when, when we were younger kids. Um, well, Jenny, uh, I greatly appreciate you uh, being on with us. Um, do, do you have any other stories or uh, how can people read what you're doing? Because I know that you, you blog away and it's easy to find your stories. You don't have to drive to Louisville and buy a paper. That's right. You can go online to career hyphen. Be sure to put the hyphen in journal.com. If you go slash racing, you'll get to all of our racing coverage or slash breeders cup. You'll get to all of our uh, coverage. And also I want to say we're going to have live chats 
on Friday and Saturday, too. I'll bring the races with other courier people. Oh, really? Chatting live, yeah, yeah. And, and we're going to be blogging, and we're going to be tweeting, and we'll be just, you know, go to couriergeneral.com breeders, and you'll get all of our coverage. And you'll even get our picks, some of which might actually come in. <laughs> Who will be uh, the other uh, the guests that will be on with you on the live chat? Uh, Jody Demling, uh, Greg Hall, Jesse Halliday, Jason Frakes, and assistant sports editor, um, Craig Ewing, who's overseen it all to make sure, you know, to whip us into shape and make sure that we're participating. Well, I've got about a minute and a half left. Uh, the weather report for the people out there, absolutely gorgeous today. Uh, from what I understand, rains are expected to come in on Thursday. Do you think that will soften that turf course up to give a little edge to some of those Euro horses who look pretty good on their own right? I don't know that it'll soften it up that that much. It'll soften up a little bit. It won't be hard, which will be good. I think it'll be it'll make it fair for everybody, especially by Saturday. Churchill has the most amazing drainage system here. It's like what they use at Augusta National. I've been in there. If you see it, you see these pumps that just suck that water out of there. It's 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 really amazing. But I mean, a little rain tomorrow could be a good thing. It could be good for the track and and uh, but then beautiful weather and it's a great um, value here. General admission and you can go to the Breeders Cup site and buy general admission until midnight, I think, Thursday, and get $5 off on it. Not bad. Not bad that at all. one good winner I give everybody. <laughs> so right away, Jenny Reese is, is saving you money. If you're, you're uh, in the area and you're uh, listening to winningponies.com, uh, make sure you get down here. But after the storms go through tomorrow, a look at the national weather map. It's supposed to be absolutely gorgeous uh, here at Churchill Downs for both Friday and Saturday. Well, that rounds out the Jenny Reese portion of the program. I can't thank her enough. She's been very gracious uh, to me while I've been here in Louisville. And uh, coming up next, we're going to talk to Brad Free. Again, Brad uh, will give us his perspective. Uh, he's one of the top handicappers for the Daily Racing Forum out on the West Coast. And we've got a lot of horses uh, particularly on Friday and in the baby races uh, that uh, will be coming from the West Coast. So it will be interesting to get Brad's perspective uh, on those horses. Of course, we'll uh, tap him for some of his other favorite races of the day, too. So stay tuned. Coming up, we've got more race action and some of the top handicappers in the country brought to you on winningponies.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Listen to Sports Talk at the Positive Pub every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Gil Tyree talks to sports newsmakers, playmakers, and story breakers. You, the hardcore, interactive, and novice fan, can join the show via your phone calls and emails. Sample what's good, right, and positive about the world of sports every week. Begin your week in a positive way with Sports Talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard Hitting Radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and welcome back on winningponies.com. Always great to spend some time with, with Jenny Reese. Uh, Jenny, just fantastic. She's got that, that energetic bubble. She's never lost it for the sport, as hardworking as she is. Uh, it, it's great to hear her voice. But we're going to bring on another interesting individual right now. I guess you could say... He's the guy that wrote the book, because he did write the book. He wrote Handicapping 101. If you haven't read it, I don't care what level you're at, and if you're a beginner or if you're a veteran, it's a fantastic book that not only reminds you the basics, but gives you some good introspective angles on your day at the races for the different kind of races that you're playing. So with me right now from my hope sunny California, Brad Free. Brad, how you doing? I'm doing great, John. Thank you for that introduction. And, yes, I did write the book, but I had some terrific teachers over the years, guys like Jim Quinn, Tom Brohammer, Andy Byer, Steve Christ. Those are the guys that I learned from, and I kind of, you know, tripped and fell along the way and wrote it all down, and that's what uh, Handicapping 101 is all about, finding the right horses and making the right bets. So I appreciate the introduction. Uh, not a problem. And just r- real briefly, your introduction into the sport, yeah, you, you got hooked at an early age, didn't you? Well, I certainly did. I was born right in the San Gabriel Valley area, and my dad was a racing fan from the time he was a kid, and he used to take me out to the races. we get in free for the ninth race, and that was always a fun thing to do, go out there and hang out with, uh, with my dad and, and his brothers, my uncles. Checking out the ninth race, trying to cash a score on a little, uh, you know, two-turn claiming race, and that's how I got involved. But from a very early age, being at the racetrack was just a fun thing to do, and I'm one of the lucky ones. I was able to find a way to make a living out of out of a great, great sport. Absolutely, you know, I, I when you when you work at the racetrack, you know, it's like. You can't call it work. It's just it's it's too much fun. I, I always tell my my sons, you know, find a job doing something you love, and you'll never have to go to work for a day. That's well, I know exa- you- that's exactly what I tell my kids. Find something that you love, and you're going to be fine. Well, um, I know you did a lot of work because I was saying, you know, is there a specific race you want or whatever? You said, John, I've covered all 15, so sh- just shoot at me. And like I said, I started to, you know, uh, handicapping earlier in the week uh, after they drew and uh, taking a look at some of these horses. So I thought as long as we've got you out there, you've had your eyes on these horses, you've watched them race, you've watched the competition. We, we kick off the Breeders' Cup with, with the uh, uh, Cent- 
Finnet Jet Breeders' Cup Juvenile Sprint. Don't say that with marbles in your mouth. Uh, it's a six-furlong affair for two-year-olds and two horses of interest, uh, uh, one a little bit stronger than the other, I think. But I'm going to ask you a little bit about uh, Pat Valenzuela's mount, uh, Lackey the Bull, who uh, just broke its maiden at Santa Anita after running at Del Mar and Fairplex. Yeah, he did break his maiden last time out. And this is kind of an interesting horse and a horse that I would not take lightly at odds of 20 to 1. His fourth place debut at Del Mar was a lot better than looked. Sweet Swap, the full brother to Sydney's Candy, raced wire to wire that day. And Blackie the Bull broke from the inside. He'd never really had a comfortable trip and finished a good, even-paced fourth. That was going five and a half furlongs. Three weeks later, I was at the Los Angeles County Fair covering uh, the Los Angeles County Fair race meet for for daily racing form. That's at Fairplex Park. And I loved Blackie the Bull in the CB Alfler Ball. He was a maiden in a stakes race. That doesn't bother me when it comes to two-year-olds. And Blackie the Bull was as flat as a horse could possibly be. He ran around the track and never made a move. It was a disappointing effort as a two-to-one favorite. And I thought, well, maybe I've overestimated this horse. It certainly wouldn't be the first time. Lo and behold, one month later, he pops up in a special weight at Santa Anita, and he wins from off the pace by a neck with an improved buyer speed figure of 83. This is the horse I thought we were going to see in September. Trainer Jeff Bondy has him moving in the right direction. I'm not sure about the field that he just beat. The fourth place finisher, Frenemy, already came back and finished an okay second going two turns. But Blackie the Bull is a good horse getting better. He's definitely not in secret circles caliber quite yet, but he will be finishing, and this race should unfold at a very quick pace. So I think that Blackie the Bull is a live long shot in the juvenile sprint. Well, I love that because those baby races where you can catch the long prices, but uh, you just stole my thunder there. Uh, Secret circle may well be the horse to beat, and I love the guy that's in the saddle, Rafael Bejarano, who's been aboard for both authoritative wins. Well, Secret Circle came out firing at Del Mar in July, and he won by more than seven lengths. And I, I think he may have surprised his trainer, Bob Baffert, a little bit because I, I talked to Baffert a couple of days after that, and he goes, you're not going to believe this, but I have one that I think is better than Secret Circle. He was referring, of course, to Drill, and Drill will be Baffert's hopeful in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile on Saturday. But Secret Circle... After that race, that seven-length win with a 97 buyer at Del Mar, Baffert was like, what am I supposed to do now? I have two really good ones. And the truth of the matter is, Rafael Bayrano and Jockey Martin Garcia, both of them had been aboard Secret Circle, and both of them had been aboard Drill. I'm talking about In Morning Works. Both Bayrano and Garcia both told Baffert that Secret Circle is a better horse than Drill. Now, Baffert has been around enough good horses to know when a jockey's blowing smoke and, and what he sees in the morning, and Baffert still believed that Drill was a better horse. But the point is, the jockeys who have been on these two horses, Drill and Secret Circle, find them virtually inseparable, both of them actually leaning towards Secret Circle. He did not work again for three weeks after that debut victory at Del Mar, and then it didn't take him long to get ready for the Jack Goodman that was at Santa Anita. He did something unheard of for a two-year-old second-time starter. That's, he took back off the pace and came around horses and won going away. He absolutely crushed that field by five lengths, got another good buyer speed figure, 97, back-to-back 97s. This is a serious horse drawn well. He's more than one-dimensional. He is a versatile 
two-year-old who can sit off the pace if need be. And from where he's drawn, he's going to get a good trip. I believe he's going to be the shortest price of the 15 Breeders' Cup race horses, Breeders' Cup races, and I think he'll be the most heavily favored of all. And he's on paper, he's going to be tough to beat. He's trained great, and it's all systems go. Well, everybody likes to start their big ticket off with a winner, so Secret Circle might be the horse to put a ring around, of course, both those races where he was ridden out and in hand. Well, I'm going to move you forward now to another uh, race uh, from the uh, early part of the program, and this would be the, the Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Sprint, uh, a horse that, that I got to see race uh, impressively two weeks ago uh, in great hot, uh, who will be joined by another Bob Baffert trainee, Irish Gypsy. What line can you give us on these horses? Well, as far as Irish Gypsy goes, if the Breeders' Cup were being held at Hollywood Park, I'd give her a look because she loves that racetrack. But the truth is, you know, she's a cut below the best Philly and Mare sprinters in California, and you can see that on her form. I mean, her career-high buyer is 95. She bangs around in grade 2, grade 3 caliber-type races, and she wins occasionally. She won a couple at Hollywood Park this summer, but she's probably just a cut below. I wouldn't throw out Bob Baffert at a big number, but on sheer ability, Irish Gypsy doesn't quite belong. As for Great Hot, John, I think that this is the potential bomber in this race. A.C. Avila, her trainer, has been high on this Brazilian-bred filly ever since he got his hands on her, and you can see what she did in her first start in the country on conventional dirt. She crushed a decent little allowance field by almost three lengths with a good buyer speed figure of 84. That was back in March. Now, the opportunities to stay on the main track, on a conventional dirt track in California, end when the Santa Anita spring, uh, winter spring meet ends. So Avila had no choice but to run her on grass, run her on synthetic, and in her first start on dirt since her U.S. debut, she finished a creditable third to a couple of very good fillies named Zazu and Ultra Blend. Now, that was a terrific race, and A.C. Avila has been saying all along she doesn't like turf, she doesn't like synthetic, she's a better horse on dirt, believe me when I tell you that. Well, if, if Avila is right, then her win in the Raven Run at Keeneland deserves even more credit than the low buyer speed figure of 82 would suggest. She won on a surface that she potentially does not care for as much as dirt. He's bringing her back in two weeks. She'll be outrun early. She'll be coming late. And if she handles the Churchill Downs main track as well as she handles the Santa Anita main track, Great Hot has a shot to blow up the board. Well, uh, one other horse that we'll just to allude to briefly because it'll be getting a lot of action in this same race has to be Switch. Certainly she didn't uh, dodge any company this year. No, and seven furlongs on dirt is really her cup of tea, and her entire spring-fall campaign has been geared toward one race, the Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Sprint. She's back on conventional dirt, back around one corner. One turn is what she's wanted to do all along, and she is a deserving second favorite in this race behind Turbulent Descent. Her Keeneland tune-up was nothing more than a tune-up. She raced wide. The distance was too short. She finished okay. Okay, and it was just an okay race, but that race was designed to set her up for the Philly Mare Sprint, and she is a super live contender. All right, once again, I'm going to take you to the, the juvenile Phillies going a mile and a 16th, and I'm running short on time, but these are two-year-olds. They don't have a whole lot behind them, but you, you have great insight in, into these babies, and these would be uh, Candrea, Grace Hall, and Self-Preservation. 
Well, Grace Hall is based, based back in the East Coast, and I, I, she's going to be my top selection in the race. I, I have nothing but respect for trainer Tony, Tony Detro, and she's already gone two turns. As far as Candrea goes, the California-based filly trained by Bob Baffert, she was Baffert's top two-year-old filly this spring, uh, yeah, early this spring, and after her debut, he was pointing her to the grade two Sorrento on, in early August at Del Mar, but Candrea got sick, and it just completely messed up her entire summer campaign. She didn't train real well on the Del Mar Poly track, and Baffert finally got her going right and brought her back at Fairplex Park, and she crushed a very nondescript field in a modest, uh, is a two-turn race, two-turn race, seven furlongs. And then she came back, and she pressed a very hot pace in the Oakleaf, going a mile and the 16th for the first time. And she opened up, and it took We Miss Frankie the entire length of the stretch to finally get Past her, Candrea ran better in the Oakleaf than we missed Frankie. The winner did, and if she can avoid a pace duel, and if she improves second start running along, Candrea has a look at the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies. As for we miss Frankie, I'm not going to knock a filly who's won all three starts. She's the only two-time Grade One winner in the field, and she will be coming late. But there was really nothing visually impressive about her win in the Oakleaf. It was more of a grinding, workmanlike performance. I really believe that the East Coast Phillies, Grace Hall, and my Miss Aurelia have the advantage over the California shippers. Brad Free, I've only got about two minutes left in this segment, so I'm going to put your feet to the fire. Again, a horse that could have, I mean, a race that could have horse of the year uh, implications, and that would be the Breeders' Cup Classic. we got horses coming from everywhere here. How do you see this one? I see it as a very interesting race. I've seen stronger fields in the Breeders' Cup Classic. I have nothing but respect for the filly of the Grace, and if she runs as fast as she is capable of running, going a mile and a quarter against Colson Geldings, she can win. But the, this race is a mess. It's a mishmash of, of horses. Uncle Mo is a horse that is arguably the most brilliant three-year-old in the country, but asking him to go a mile and a quarter off of two one-turn races I think is asking quite a bit especially since you have a, another very good front runner by the name of Game On Dude in this race who has one way to go, and he's going to lay down some honest fractions. I think this race could fall apart, and I think that there's a bomber out there waiting to come up and just upset everybody. And I, I, I'd give a real close look to the Belmont winner, Ruler on Ice, whose runner-up finished behind to honor and serve in the Pennsylvania Derby was a lot better than it might look on paper. Garrett Gomez won the Breeders' Cup Classic last year when Blame outfinished Zenyatta. And I'm wondering if Garrett Gomez might have another ace up his sleeve with Ruler on Ice, a 15-to-1 shot in the Breeders' Cup Classic. Uh, you know, you're right. This race could fall apart because, as we know, it's, particularly for the three-year-olds, it's been, it's been hard to, to point your finger to, to anyone. Um, throughout, of course, until Uncle Mo came back and does look so sensational, but... What a comeback story that would be, considering that the physical ailment he had that almost took him out of racing, period, uh, and to come back and put up those two bang-up races, albeit uh, one-turn races. It'll be very, very, very interesting. I really thought that maybe Stay Thirsty might have been uh, Todd Stronger horse to, to go a mile and a quarter, uh, but we will find out on, on Saturday. Well, Brad Free, I, I thank you so much uh, for being a part of uh, winningponies.com, and uh, I hope you won't mind if I call you again in the near future because uh, it's just a, it's a pleasure to, to listen to your uh, uh, introspective view of the, the horses that are going to be in these big races. John, give me a call anytime. I'm always happy to talk horses.
Okay, watch out because I take people up on their offers. <laughs> All right, that was Brad Free, our Californian correspondent from the Daily Racing Forum. And coming up, we're coming back to Louisville. The hometown kid, Marty McGee, will be on winningponies.com. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. What if there was a program that brought the best in sports and the best of entertainment together in one place? It can be done, and Darnell Autry proves it every week on Outside the Spotlight. In this program, athletes and artists come together to share their success stories, hobbies, professional projects, and more that will interest not only the sports fan, but fans of entertainment and other human interest stories. If you have something you want to ask your favorite athlete or entertainer, listen for Outside the Spotlight, Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. school to the pros we, we cover, everything. cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports you're tuned in to winning ponies with your host john Engelhart. got a tip for us need a tip from us if you want to talk with john or his guests the phone lines are now open toll free at 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com now back to winning ponies with john Engelhart. if i had a all right, welcome back to winningponies.com. We've already had Jenny Reese on. We've had Brad Free on. And now the anchor man in this leg, the one, the only, one of the finest writers and best handicappers I know in the Midwest, and that would be Marty McGee. Marty, how are you? Great, John. How are you? Thanks for all those, those kind words. Appreciate it. Well, you, you know I meet them. I, 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 I do read your columns, and I do respect your handicapping. And uh, actually, I just uh, enjoy being around your presence. You're, you're a good man for the racing game. Uh, Thank you, John. But what can I say? Uh, what, what uh, you know? You, you've been working the backstretch here. You've also I know that you've been uh, you've been over at Keeneland. You kind of covering this area awful tight. Uh, anything that, you, that you've seen that's kind of risen to the top, or maybe somebody that's lost their luster in the last two weeks? I don't know, John. It, I guess I'm just so used to the Derby and and what happens on the Churchill backside um, in the mornings. I guess it's been kind of chilly. It's been People like I think have been dissuaded. Perhaps it's a different kind of time of year than before the Derby, and just doesn't seem like there's a big horse like Zenyatta for everybody to hang their head on. I know that Goldacova is going for an unprecedented fourth straight victory in the mile, but you know, for the non-racing public, that doesn't mean a whole lot. So um, I, I think, just in general, I think it's a good idea if the Breeders' Cup goes from. Uh, venue to venue as opposed to staying here. I think it would get awfully stale here at Churchill because not only do people, um, not only do people 
have the derby every year, but if you were to have something every other, you know, every six months, I think that would really kind of, especially for a relatively small market like this, I, I just really like it when it, it, of course, when it used to be at Gulfstream and, and, you know, I like it when it's in New York and California. So anyway, I'm way off, sorry, I'm way off topic there. So, uh, no, you know, you're not. No, you're not. I just want, I want, that's why I want you to paint with a broad brush because th- that is an interesting topic. I just pray it doesn't stay anywhere just to forever. Yeah, that'd be a mega thumbs down from, from a lot of people, including myself. So, uh, but in terms of a lot of the races, I know that Scooter Dickey's getting a lot of ink and a lot of airtime. Uh, what are, you know, we had that story back before the Jockey Club Gold Cup about how he's kind of pulled himself up by the bootstraps. I'm really, I'm really for him. And, and you asked me off the air to pick a horse. I really like Flat Out. I think he's going to win. Um, it, it, you know, it's, it's a, it's not the best classic we've ever had. I think in some other years, if you had some of the Derby winners and some of the superstars that we've had in, in years past, he might not be, you know, the kind of horse to, to beat. But I think in this particular case, I, I think Uncle Mo, along with a lot of pe- other people, I think he's extremely vulnerable. Uh, the filly, I think, is rock solid. She's the one to beat besides flat out. So, um, those, those are the races I like. Um, some of the races I've been covering, in particular in depth, the Philly and Mare Sprint, it looks like a Turbulent Descent is going to be one of the heaviest favorites. I, I wouldn't be surprised if she's less than even money, even though it's a 13-horse field. Um, I've had a number of conversations in the run-up to these races with Mike Pipey, and he just he can't say enough good things about her, and understandably so. She was so good in the test, and and every time she's running a sprint, she's just overpowered the opposition. If one horse is going to beat her in there, it might be another three-year-old. As a matter of fact, I, I just couldn't go so chalky in that race, so I picked uh, Pomeroy's Pistol, who really hasn't done a whole lot wrong, and and defeated older mares in the Gallant Bloom in September at, at Belmont Park. Um, Another race I've been covering are a couple of kind of impossible races. One is the Juvenile Turf, in which the favorite is four to one. I wouldn't be surprised in the race. Was the Juvenile Philly favorite turf on Friday? Uh, uh, no, I just the no, just the Juvenile yeah Juvenile Turf on Saturday. It's an impossible race. I mean, it, they got a four to one favorite. The favorite could be five to one. Uh, who you know they've got Majestic City, but he's never even run on the grass. So I have a feeling maybe the fans might lean tepidly elsewhere. Um, and then the other race that I've been covering is the um, Turf Sprint, in which uh, Chamberlain Bridge, the defending champion, went, goes from post one last year to post 14 this year. I think Carol Cortado is an extremely interesting turnback candidate in there, and for a sleeper in there, uh, I think Perfect Officer ran a huge race at Keeneland, and he's going to be under the radar, probably a, a 15 to 1-ish kind of price on him. So I'll try and hook up some gimmicks and maybe make some money that way. Yeah, it, you know, John, the great one of one of the many great things about Breeders' Cup, it only takes one. If you hit a lick on something, um, it's going to be great. And for the first time uh, at Churchill, non-derby, uh, and I'm pretty sure they didn't even have this last year. You can bet dime supers. You can bet the regular minimum increments on whatever it is. I don't know if you brought that up yet on on the program, but huh. uh, dime supers, which are not in effect. You got to bet the, the straight dollar on Oaks and Derby days and all the other simulcast outlets because it obviously wouldn't be fair to the on track fans. Um, Churchill's trying the, the minimum increments uh, on all their um, all their gimmick uh, wagers this year for the Breeders' Cup. Well, now two races that I don't think you've hit on yet that I, that I need a little help with, uh, and I don't know if it took a good set of eyes to watch them in the morning or not. Are two of the baby races, and if you can go back to Friday. 
I, the notes that I have on race number six, uh, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies Turf, is that it's the widest open race of the day. What I find very interesting here is that uh, Johnny Velasquez, uh, I don't know if he's thumbing his nose at his boss or what, but he's taking off two very talented Todd Pletcher horses to ride Stephanie's kitten that I know you saw him win on uh, in the Alcibiades when he picked the mount up. Uh, what, what do you think about that whole turn of events? Well, I, I don't really know much about that race. I know that, um, you know, riding for Ken Ramsey has been quite a lucrative proposition for Johnny. I'm pretty sure he rode uh, uh, Roses in May in the Dubai World Cup, so maybe he feels obligated after, you know, they, he uh, he rode Stephanie's Kitten in the Alcibiades. Um, is, is that the race in which Elusive Kate is in? She's drawn toward the outside. Uh, yes, horse. yes, and I just happen to have a star by that horse, the John Gotten trainee coming in from France. Yeah, I thought, you know, as opposed to the juvenile turf, which doesn't have a horse like her in there, I think that she's she's really, uh, I think she's going to be real tough in there. There's a lot of interesting horses, though. You know, last year, memories of the daughter of memories of Silver. What's her name? She ran in the QE2 and she got the winter memories. You know, she was even money in the juvenile Phillies turf last year and she had a trouble trip and came in second. It's not it's not that difficult for these horses to get into trouble in these big fields on on the relatively <clears throat> uh, small turf course that Churchill Downs is seven furlongs, and uh, you know come up a little bit short. So uh, I think Elusive Kate is the horse to beat, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if if she did get beat. Now uh, on on Saturday again, I'm going to uh, try to. Uh, move you to, to the, the the babies here, uh, the, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. I mean, normally the Kentucky Derby favorite, uh, future book favorite, uh, comes out of this race. Uh, a lot of uh, different angles in here. Obviously, I, in my opinion, Union Rags is, is the one to beat. But the, the one kind of, a I guess you could call it local horse, that was just eye-popping in his only two career starts is Hanson. Is it a question of the fact that he had no competition? You saw him run. Uh, did, were you impressed? Mm, honestly, kind of not. I mean, uh, he <laughs> he steps from double A into the majors today and and um, or Saturday, and he's really. I think he's going to be up against it. I, I got to tell you, John, I'm a humongous Michael Matz fan, and I think it'd do a lot for for the game if Union Rags were to go on and win the way that say Uncle Mo did last year, and uh, Michael would go to Florida with the with the Derby favorite. You know, kind of reprise the old Barbaro story from uh, six years later so um i you know having won the champagne and, and being unbeaten if union rags were to run the way that he has i think he will win and i think we'll all come out of breeders cup saturday with a really good story and have uh have something to look forward to for the months to come up to up through uh, the kentucky derby I, I agree. I've been reading about him out of New York, and uh, it, not a redemption of sorts, but it's just a feel-good story uh, for, for Michael Matz. I mean, not only is he a good trainer, just an, an amazing individual with, with quite a personal story in his life. Of course, uh, the West Coast people will be uh, saying that, uh, you know, a creative cause and, and drill will be the ones to watch. It's going to be interesting. you got mine, the bird's half-brother in there, and, and Doolahan. A, a lot of interesting angles right there. Well, Marty, as I alluded to earlier, we're talking about some rains tomorrow. Uh, do you think that that is going to help some of these uh, – Euro runners that are going to be coming in for the grass races, of which they've done extremely well over the years. Yeah, I, I would I would think that it would, John, um, because um, 
you know, it's it, the, the grass course here at Churchill's already been pretty, you know, pretty uh, yielding. I would say that in the mornings they've had the dogs way out into the course, um, and when they're ra- running on it, even when they've been racing on it uh, closer to the rail, um, the quads have really been coming up in big clumps. So I think if we have some rain, they're calling for rain. Sometime Thursday into early early Friday, hopefully uh, you know just for the crowd's sake and and all that, uh, it won't be raining either Friday or Saturday. And in fact, the weathermen are saying it won't. So, but I think in general, uh, yes, the Europeans would be favored by by such a development. More rain. Uh, they're talking about perhaps some heavy rain at times, but uh, again, we want it to go away before they actually run the races. So let's hope it's overnight when we're not out there. Uh, Marty, uh, I've got a couple minutes left. I would be re- remiss if I didn't get uh, your read on the sensational Goldikova and, and her chances in the Breeders' Cup mile. You know, I, I think she's going to get beat. You know, let somebody, <laughs> let somebody else have a turn. Um, I, I thought Gio Pony, I love that horse. I just thought he was so great at Keeneland again. And, um uh, like I was talking about before, about winter memories getting in trouble last year and how that might happen to Lucy Kate. It could happen to her from one hole. It could really happen to Goldakova. Um, you know, if they're not careful, they they go around there a couple of turns real quick. Next thing you know, they're dashing for the wire. And unless she is the superman that she has been the last three years, uh, I think she's quite vulnerable. And again, I'm, I'm a big Gio Pony fan. He's about six six million dollar horse, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be p- picking him and betting on him. Well, sad to say, I've been picking him and betting on him a lot this year. He just seems to be his own worst enemy. He seems to take himself out of the race a little bit. I know he's got a fantastic final run, but sometimes he finds himself behind a wall of horses when that run's going to happen, and he's going to have a lot of company in here. Well, he does, but maybe he can get lucky. Maybe he can get lucky and go the curve unlucky. You know, the, the price is certainly going to be right. They've got him pegged at, at 4-1 to one on the morning line. I think that's about right. And, uh, you know, when Ramon let him go at Keeneland, he just went and went by those horses who were running really fast. So, um, you know, I've, I've just got my heart's with him and, and uh, you know, may the best horse win. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, those are the words of one Marty McGee, one of the most respected columnists uh, here in America, writing for the Daily Racing Forum. I look forward to his columns all the time, and I really look forward to his uh, looking back on the Breeders' Cup when all is said and done. Marty, thanks so much for your time today, and I look forward to seeing you at the races. All right, John, appreciate you having me. Everybody get a racing form. we got a lot of good stories in the Friday and Saturday editions. It's going to be another great Breeders' Cup. Thanks a lot, John. All right, no problem. Again, ladies and gentlemen, that's that's Marty McGee, and as you as you heard, he's one sharp guy. He really does his homework. So remember, if for any reason you missed a part of this program, Winning Ponies does put them on podcasts, so you can go back and and write down the selections of both uh, Jenny, Brad, and Marty. Uh, if you didn't have your pen in hand as they were giving their selections out. And don't forget, all the products there on winningponies.com will be up and running for all the Breeders' Cup races. They, too, can probably reinforce some of the things we've heard today or maybe find you another long-shot winner that we just didn't get a chance to get around to. There's so many races here on Breeders' Cup Day. So don't forget, it's a two-day event. Starts on Friday, ends up on Saturday. It's going to be a marvelous day of racing. So from standing between the Twin Spires and beautiful Louisville, Kentucky, this is John Engelhart. Thanks for listening to Winter Down, Winning Ponies. And remember, bet with your head, not over it.
Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.